Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, folks, uh, we're going to continue the conversation. I want to do some stock market work. We have two of our favorites, Jim Urio, director of TJM Institutional Services and Chicago's leading restaurateur, and Jack Berusian, founder and chief economist for UCX and chairman of the Global Smart Commodity Group. This has got to be fun. So we have a wild and woolly stock market Finished up, the Dow finished up 460 points. The uh, NASDAQ was about flat. The S&P was up a smidge. But it's been um, pretty volatile, to coin a phrase. And we had a lot of data out today. Um, fellas, one thing that's so interesting to me about the data and it reflects on where the economy is going in the future is that the, the top-line number for GDP was a strong number. Um, 7% for the quarter, uh, 6.9%. But if you look under the hood, if you look beneath the headlines, what you find is uh, consumer spending increasingly soft and business investment spending very soft. And now I'm looking at the Atlanta Fed's GDP now for the first quarter, their forecast, it's zero, all right? They're showing no growth for the first quarter. And in the middle of all this, gentlemen, we have a continuing inflation problem. The GDP deflator was up 7%. The PCE deflator is up 7.1% for the last three months and almost 6% for the last year. So this all we're all over the place. So let me begin with you, Jack Perusian. What is your take in the middle of this? Well, one of the things you didn't say, Larry, is the fact that wages aren't going up nearly as quickly as people thought they were going up. And with inflation going higher, people are making a lot less money than they once thought they were making. So it's really becoming a very convoluted situation. Look, the correction process has begun. All this extreme volatility is usually a precursor to a much bigger move. And we were trying to ignore it. And I think about a month ago, a little over a month ago, I was on your show. And uh, the last question you asked us is whether we're bullish or bearish. One word, mm-hmm. and I said, bearish. I said, I, reluctantly, I was bearish because we were entering that phase where we were going to have the Fed as a headwind. No longer was the Fed going to be there with, with a put in hand, at least if, if they stay the way they are. If they become political uh, you know, and, and things change, everything can change. But, but what we're looking at is, is a correcting process that is beginning. And, and I know you've, been, you know you've been sober a long time, Larry, but those of us that drink know that a hangover doesn't start you know, <laughs> when you're drinking. It starts when you're done drinking, okay? And, they, and they're pulling that punch bowl away. Right? They are going to take the punch bowl away. The only question is how fast. My guess is going to be faster than people think. Interesting. Um, look, wages are rising. I mean, the employment uh, cost index uh, was up. Let's see. Private wages are up 1.2% in the fourth quarter of 21. 
And the 12-month change is 5%. But the other thing that's troubling Jim Urio is after taxes and after inflation, what's called real disposable income, uh, has now fallen three straight months, October, November, and December. Now, that's the inflation factor. And I think that's starting to cut in to consumer spending. And I'm just concerned about the outlook for profits. Profits are the mother's milk of stocks. So, you know, we got inflation tax and we have uh, the Fed removing the punch bowl and we have a wild and woolly stock market. So where do you come out on all this, my friend? I'm so confused. That statistic you just gave about wages. Yeah. I mean, I heard that the press conference from President Biden, he never mentioned that. He just no. talked about the wages going up, which was so fascinating to me mm-hmm. that he's talking about 3% wages when we're literally, and we say 7% inflation, that's ridiculous. It's, if, they, if we calculate it the way we used to calculate it, it would be over 10% inflation. Yes, they're banking a lot on it being um, part of the supply chain issue being huge. One thing I'll disagree with Jack for. He said there's no more Fed put. I believe there is a Fed put. I just believe the strike price has been lowered. I think that they were perfectly comfortable with the 13% correction in the S&P. I don't think they'd be comfortable with the 20% correction. And one thing I would put as evidence of that is that Neil Kashkari came out right away and, and said we may pause rate hikes in the spring. I thought we were beginning rate hikes in the spring, <laughs> and he's already talking about pausing rate hikes in the spring. You can't so listen I'm, to him. You cannot listen. I won't allow you to listen to him. He's, the guy's a flake. He's a nice yeah. guy, but he's a complete flake. Right. I know him as well, and he is a nice guy, but I don't understand <laughs> what he's going at. Yes, exactly. But I do think there is a level that the Fed will flinch at, but I do agree with Jack that it's it's lower than this. I do think it's a 20% put. And, again, I think – you know I want this correction to come. When we talk mm-hmm. about tight labor market, part of it is because of unrealistic and, and enthusiastic projections of what people's stock portfolios are going to do in the future, and I think something needs to correct that what do you jack uh, Bergen, what so what do you say to people now with respect to the stock market um you know you've had some wild swings and life goes on stocks go up stocks go down corrections come and go i understand that but um it's becoming front page news which is probably not a good thing um i hate to see people try to out trade the market really most people just can't do it well, you know, I mean, you see it. You, you see the, 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 I guess, the, 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 the fluff in the market, for lack of a better term. I mean, we see it with all different markets, whether it be crypto. It's all coming out. Uh, and the real question is how much leverage there is underneath the surface. Whenever you start to see these things start to correct, these markets start to correct a little bit, uh, there, there are cracks within the foundation that we have to pay very close attention to. So that's really what I tell investors uh, at this time. This is when you have to be very careful. Uh, I tell people, and and I know Jimmy is the exact same way, to watch the 2 to 10 spread uh, and watch the dollar. These are things that are key. Um, And they'll tell us, look, if the Fed is no longer in the marketplace and they're telling us they're no longer to be buying bonds in another month or so, well, then, you know, it, it opens up the door for real price discovery. For, for the bond vigilantes or for people to find out what the real value of fixed income is. Um, and, and that's really when the Fed's going to have their hands full, because if they're fighting you know, that battle on the one hand and they become political during midterms on the other, then it's going to create a big war internally and the market's going to figure that out. Uh, and, and guess what? The market could be bigger than the Fed if it really wants to be. Well, look at uh, I think. You're right about price discovery. By the way, that's a great term. Uh, 
what what you're saying to our uninitiated listeners is that the 10-year rate's going up. I mean, I personally think it's gone up to 3%. I don't know when. It closed on Friday at just under 180. That's going to damage multiples, Jim Urio. It's got to have a effect. Because I think profits will rise in the aggregate, but they're not going to rise as fast as they did in 2021, will they? Well, there's a couple things that are at play there, too. And one, we, they haven't stopped buying bonds yet, by the way. Talking about uh, stopping by buying bonds is something, but it's not, not everything. And other world central banks are continue to buy bonds as well. So if the, if the German 10-year is hovering around zero, I don't think we're going to shoot to 3% very quickly, but we do. Obviously, there's a, everything has to reset its value based on what the safe rate is. So, I mean, and that's what we're seeing, I guess, isn't it? I mean, that's why we knew that the stock market was priced improperly at 4,800 in the S&P if we knew that rates were going higher. But I, I think that there's going to be a little bit of a ceiling at 2% for a while. So mm-hmm. just to kind of see what happens again, I will reiterate, they're still buying bonds. Can I ask you, though, you know, talking about consumer spending, which is softening quite a bit, um, what are you seeing in your restaurants, in all seriousness? I like to get your ground view. I think the restaurant is a great anecdotal view of the economy as one of the reasons I'm really glad I have it. Now, we're in a special situation because we're in Cook County and, you know, in the outskirts of Chicago. So there's still extremely strict um, uh, regulations, COVID restriction regulations, too. And I don't know if you've seen on Open Table that in the Chicago area, Open Table reservations are down approximately 50 percent. Oh, yeah, I've seen restaurants. Again, carryouts are, are much bigger, too, but that's not where margin is for restaurants. Uh, guys like Rick Bayless, who actually is Chicago's biggest restaurateur, owns like, you know, 30 restaurants in Chicago, is, is calling dramatically for federal support. I mean, of course, he's playing his own hand there. But it, it's weird. You, you know, we the numbers are going down everywhere from the Omicron uh, wave, hmm. but nobody has any confidence that our leaders in Illinois and states like that are going to see that and remove the restrictions. I think the, the people think that they're just going to never remove the instru- uh, restrictions and just stop talking about them at some point in time. But uh, it's a tough time for restaurants right now. My restaurant's doing pretty good, but not as good as we would hope to. Yeah, I'm going to be very cynical. The far left that's running these blue states kind of likes COVID because it lets them control the whole economy. And they can and, go to the federal government hat in hand for money. And get saying, more money. COVID did to our economy. Absolutely. Fellas, can you stick around? i got to take a quick sure. break. Stick around. Jimmy Urio, Jack Perugian, two of the best of the best. I'm Larry Kudlow. we got much more to talk about. Please hang with us. Hang with us. We're coming right back after this break. This is the Larry Kudlow Show on 77 WABC. Now back to the Larry Kudlow Show. All right, we're talking to Jim Urio, director of TJM Institutional Services, and Jack Berusian, founder and chief economist for UCX and chairman of the Global Smart Commodity Group. Gentlemen, thank you very much. A um, couple things. Uh, oil prices now heading back towards $90 a barrel. Nobody's smart enough to know about Putin and uh, Ukraine and Biden, but there's a fair, decent chance they're going to invade the Ukraine one way or another in the next week or two or three, and that the Nord Stream pipeline, which is not yet operating but may be choked off, ending natural gas supplies, uh, Germany and Europe live on Russian 
natural gas. That'll put upward pressure on oil, I guess. Uh, start with you, Jack. Uh, both, of you, Actually, both of you guys are commodity experts. Where's oil going, and what's that going to mean? Well, you know, you, you've got not only the not only is it the natural gas, but you've got about 47 percent of the oil, the, the crude, that comes right through the Ukraine through pipelines directly from Russia into Western Europe. Aside from that, you also have about 22 percent of Black Sea wheat that is actually exported out of Ukraine right into Western Europe. So we're talking about a lot of markets that are going to get disrupted here in the event that we see, uh, you know, Russia do what they're what we're thinking they're going to do. And look, they've, they've got 100,000 troops on three sides. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, how can you how can you not think that something's going to happen here? And and we're looking a little weak internationally. I think we all know that. And especially when you listen to what the general said right before us, it, it makes it you know even more dire. But but these are the markets that we have to be very careful and, and we have to watch. And what the, the tell will be will probably be gold. Uh, if we start to see a bid in gold, I don't I don't trust Bitcoin. I don't think that's the inflation hedge. I don't think that's the safe haven asset. But I do think that gold is. If we start to see a bid in gold, uh, then that's going to be a precursor to some kind of a move by the Russians. Yeah, you know, Jim Uriel, gold hasn't done much, even with the inflation numbers. And, you know, so far the energy threats coming out of Europe and Russia, gold hasn't done much. Are you surprised? Yeah, I am surprised. And I think mm. there's a couple of reasons for that. And one, remember at its height, the cryptocurrency market was a $3 trillion market cap. You know, to put that in perspective, gold is only about a, a $10 trillion. So if you think that you've taken, taken all that speculative dollar hedge money away from gold, then it makes sense that gold underperformed. Um, when crypto got demolished over the last couple of weeks, and gold was actually the only non-correlated asset, it was the thing that kept its bid while the stock and crypto markets were getting hammered. So I do think that that is kind of a signal that gold is back, because you know, crypto was supposed to be this uncorrelated dollar hedge, but then everyone started trading it at, at like growth stocks, so it, it just kind of moves based on a margin uh, margin calls with everything else. So I do think gold is coming back. Back to the crude thing, though, too. You know, from 2011, 2014, we basically averaged about $100 crude. I think that is absolutely where we're going back to in crude oil, and part of it is the supply thing. Yeah, Bitcoin, let's see, Bitcoin, 37932 Actually, it was up this past week, Bitcoin. Yeah. I don't but know. It, took Did, a, it, it took a pounding, though, and yeah, I know that. Yeah. Right. It was out twenty-eight thousand at one point. Yeah, thirty thousand was a, was a low tick, I think. Yeah, but Jack, I know it's bad when I don't look at my crypto portfolio for a whole week. So, <laughs> Jack, uh, the dollar's holding. I mean, the DXY dollar's holding at least. It may mean all currencies are weak, but ninety-seven twenty-two. That's you know pretty strong dollar. It's a, you know what? King dollar might be back, Larry, especially yeah. if the Fed is going to stick by what they are saying they're going to do. And if that's the case, look, I, you know, I don't want to be in any other currency. I want to be in dollar denominated assets. I want to be in dollars. And, you know, and if we have a Fed that's going to run a course and and if we see three or four rate hikes, look for this dollar to, to continue to go higher over the yeah. course of the next few months. King dollar, King dollar and the cavalry's coming. Save America. Kill the bill. GOP win big in the midterms. I'd like to be in dollars. I like that trade. On that, yeah, I think I, I think I think I think it's the trade that the international fund managers are looking for. Just so you know, Jim Erio, thank you. Jack Perusian, thank you. You guys are the best of the best. 